Hello and welcome to our brand new True Nightmare Cinema, where we're going to take a look at those horror films which are apparently based on true stories. Today I'm joined by none other than Johnny Cameron. Hello. John Dunn. Howdy. And we have a special guest, Mr Jordan Frenner from the podcast Conspiracy Comrades, which we will talk about in a second. I just wanted to check in, John, Johnny, how is your nose? Um, it's fine. Um, I was trying not to pick it because there's lots of dried blood in there, but uh, yeah, so that's asked. a little horror story in, in, in its own. Um, it been on the bizzle. <laughs> no, I'm not too <laughs> <laughs> so today we're going to be looking at the Amityville Horror, which was directed by Stuart Rosenberg. Um, it was written by Sandor Stern, based on a novel by Jay Anson, which was in turn based on the true story, apparent true story, created from the minds of the Lutz family, starring Margot Kidder and James Brolin as Kathy and George Lutz. It had a budget of 4.7 million and it made 86.4 million at the box office and has become one of the most enduring, well-known and well-documented paranormal events of the 20th century. It drew attention from the Warrens, whose life story is now shown in the Conjuring films, unfortunately. And today we're joined by one of our old friends and university chums, also the co-host of Conspiracy Comrades, Jordan Frenner, as we've already said. And Jordan will be helping us navigate the true story behind the film. So I just, as always, want to get your initial thoughts on the film, please. So we'll start with you, Johnny. Um, Margot Kidd is a bit of all right, isn't she? <laughs> she is. She is. She's decent. And that, yeah. but you know, you know who else is a bit of all right? Um, James Brolin. Yes. I was like, no, I agree with that, that one. That's a, that's a man. That's a man right yeah. there. Gross. He has shapely um, thighs. That man. He really does. You know what? I thought. I thought he looked more like Christian Bale than Josh Brolin, which is a bit strange because obviously it's his dad. <laughs> um, so what did you think <laughs> of the film then, John? Oh, yeah. the film. Yeah. <laughs> not. Not um. James you know what, for a two-hour two film, it was actually uh, pretty engaging because when I first went back on it, I was thinking, this is going to be another Rosemary's Baby where in the back of my mind, it's actually, it's quite good. And then you get into it and you go, oh my God, when's it going to end? Christ. Um, I enjoyed it. I thought that the pacing was good. I like the fact that one of the things, my main thought was it sort of, I think it was maybe saved by, I don't know if they were trying to come from the angle that they wanted to keep it as an actual believable true story because at no point really and i bleeds from the walls and stuff but you know it doesn't really go up to 11 it doesn't go beyond the the realms of you know um a psychotic episode or or you know it's, it's not totally unbelievable i don't think like a lot of these based on true stories do which i think saves it become from becoming maybe a bit silly in parts if you look at other sort of true stories like um, the conjuring, the conjuring two, where everything just goes ham. Then it's like, well, it's obviously not true. Um, it's a nonsense. Um, so I quite enjoyed it. Um, I thought it was a, a pretty good ride. Um, I enjoyed the uh, the the low level of horror, um, which sort of spiked in certain moments. Uh, I thought as well. Can't remember his name, um, but the guy who played Father Delaney. That was a what a performance that was. Yeah, it was yeah really I good. thought that was, was really a, good. <clears throat> that was like sort of center stage, you know, 
at the West End sort of stuff he was doing pretty much for all his parts. He, uh, he took him and ran. I, I, I actually really enjoyed it. I enjoyed it more than I thought I was going to Excellent. because obviously you just think old, boring. Have you not seen it before? Like? Fast. I'd seen it before, yeah. But sort of like when it goes on the horror channel at like one in the morning. <laughs> all I remembered, as I told you the other week, I remember the kid, the kid, the little girl that looks like Kevin Keegan. <laughs> And that was that, that was the only uh, yeah my reference. She, she was a this. nutter. Uh, get her flushed down the toilet. I, yeah, I, was, <laughs> there was something definitely wrong with it. Jordan, what did you think of the film? What were your initial thoughts? Uh, uh, yes, I was new to it. I'd only seen the remake, um, but no, <clears throat> I mean I'm probably not as much of a fan as horror of you as you guys. Oh, I begged to differ there, film. mate. Oh, <laughs> I fucking hate it. Uh, I really it, do. I don't know. Given given your passionate feelings on quite a lot of these films, I would disagree. They're, just because uh, they're filmed, the mate. That's what it is. <laughs> yeah, true, true, true. But yeah, no, I was I was impressed. Like, it made me laugh in parts. Like when that kid got electrocuted at the top of the fucking stairs and that fell down, he <laughs> just picks him up and goes, <laughs> "Stairs are tricky." <laughs> He did a he did a, he did a fair bit of falling down the stairs. I think he fell down at the end. He was just trying to drum up a little bit of attention to be fair. attention seeking. Yeah. yeah, so but no, it was it was it was good. Like the um I, I don't know what the wife was at half the time. One scene he just comes in the comes in the room, she's got tits out but a daisy in her hair doing ballet or some shit. Like, I, I don't even know what that was about, but I mean it was enjoyable. Um <laughs> she was dressed exactly half the time she was dressed like fucking John's love of his life and Britney. Um, he, he, you can hit me big one more time. Like skill girl stuff. I don't know. I don't know. That's it. Like so, yeah. I mean, there is there is plenty in it to uh to unpick. That's for sure. And I don't know. I went out the opposite way around, where I'd obviously done the research on the actual events. So then watching the story itself, I was kind of like, I was kind of had the opposite feeling to Johnny, where like especially in the last scene, you know, with the. I don't know what you'd call that blood pit or something. I was just like, all right, this is getting a bit. <laughs> it's, getting, yeah. it's getting a bit ridiculous now. It was a bit ridiculous. John, what about yourself? What were your initial thoughts upon rewatching it? Well, I grew up with this, didn't I? So it's completely different to me. It's another one of those ones I wasn't allowed to watch. And when I did, it was a bit, is that it? <clears throat> so then it gets put to the back of my mind for a hundred years until now. And I watched it again and I thought, this is all right, this. Apart from uh, Lois Lane, who was fucking hopeless. Um, but James Brolin made up for that, so I'm going to skip over that. Plus the fact that she was in Superman, so she's, I'll forgive her. But, uh, but yeah, it was all right. I do, and this is going to cause Sean to stab me the next time I see him. I do still prefer the remake. I just think it's a much more together film. But this, this is legendary this now it's just it's 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 not the best but it's i like it i wouldn't kick it out of bed mm. um i mean no i think i agree with you stylistically the remake looks looks better because it's more modern i think and i think i spoke to you when two words <laughs> melissa george done all oh, right okay um and then I think I spoke to you about some of the shots and the cuts in this film, in the original one. I was like, oh, John, please discuss those because they're horrible. Um, 
so I'm looking forward to that. But I, this is a film that my nan would have introduced me to. And if 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 you don't know my nan, my nana Win used to play like the Ouija board with us when we were kids and stuff. So this was like right up our street. That explains um, a lot. It does explain a lot, doesn't it? Um, <laughs> so yeah, I I got fond memories of this on probably the Sci-Fi Channel or whatever Sky Movies was called back in the day. Um, so rewatching it, it, it always makes me cringe because there's. There's just, there, but there are some moments though, if you blink, you will completely miss it. Like, I don't remember ever, ever, ever seeing the massive pig in the window ever until I literally watched yeah. it. Are you serious? And I was like, no, honestly, I don't remember seeing it unless I blocked it out out of sheer embarrassment. Yeah, I did. Um, <laughs> but I, I just don't remember seeing it. And then I watched it last night. I was like, oh, hey, the other night, I was like, oh no, <laughs> what is it? What yeah. is that? Um, well, I mean, they had to they had to bring some of that in because that's what happens. Well, that's, like, what, they, that's they what they said. That's what they, that's what they claim. And I was actually quite impressed on how kind of much they kept to the book, to be mm. fair. It was actually kind of, according to their story, kind of is what they wrote for the most part, but the, with some slicings of other films in there. Did you notice there was a Hey Johnny, there's a Hey Johnny moment. And I think they literally yeah. used their scene slasher music at one point. They, like. they, they used the music from Psycho, didn't they? they yeah, uh, the music, yeah, sorry, that's what I meant, yeah, yeah. A couple of points I was just like, hold on, what's this? Yeah, big time. Um, um, yeah, so the, well, on my research, Jordan, because I did a little bit as well, the, the book is very, very different from the original articles that came out around The Haunting. So The Haunting was like, you've done this research then, haven't you? I'll leave that to you later on then. Okay. <laughs> so what we're going to do is take this in little segments. So we're going to do it like day by day. I hope that's how this works out. So I wanted to start with the opening scene because I did a lot of research into this one and I was absolutely gobsmacked by what I found. And Jordan, if you found the same sort of stuff, I thought this entire, whichever theory you go with, either one would make an absolutely amazing film in itself. Um, so the opening scene takes place on November the 13th, 1974 between 3 and 3.15, where Ronnie DeFeo wakes up in the middle of the night, gets a rifle, kills his parents, kills his two sisters, and kills his two brothers. None of the family move. Yes, there is a thunderstorm going on outside. None of the family move, even though there is a rifle going off in the house. Um, the wife is next to her husband, all that sort of stuff. They definitely would have heard that, but none of them moved. Um, so do you want to talk then, Jordan, about what you found about this part? Because there's a lot to this this little segment, isn't there? Yeah. So, I mean, th there's a lot going on, obviously. So uh, there's to just kind of, you know, for anyone at home that might be thinking, oh, you know, maybe it's possible to silence the gun sound. Well, there was no silence found at all in the house. Um, obviously, everyone was killed except his sister. Um his sister Dawn, um, and he claimed that a woman in a black cloak gave him the gun, um, and apparently there was a DEA, DEA agent outside the house who saw Dawn leaving in a black cloak. So he was definitely not all there. Um, the whole, to be fair, if you're going to go down the paranormal route, especially with this, the fact that they didn't move at all is it is just mental. Like, apparently, the physical evidence would suggest that Louise, who was the mum, 
and Alison, the daughter, the 13-year-old one, were awake at the time of the murder, which is just like they were awake, but they didn't even try to move. I, I don't know. It, and there was no drugs found in their system either. Like It wasn't like you'd give them a bunch of Xanax and was like, oh, you know, started popping, popping them, but no, mental. Um, but yeah, it's, the fact that you would even be able to bring yourself to do that, I guess, in itself is weird. But I think to me, of all the things that is claimed, this is something that's actually solid, I think. The fact that they didn't move or try to escape or even seemingly scream, really, that to me is probably the weirdest thing in actual black and white that happened. What about yourself? So in the, I, I, I was so shocked when I found that the DEA agent was outside and he contacted a journalist later on to say, you know, he, he saw Dawn leaving the house. Um, and I think there was some uh, forensic evidence that they studied where there was unburnt gunpowder on Dawn's night clothes that suggested she might have shot a rifle herself. Um, and then there was a theory that they, Ronnie and Dawn had actually worked together to, yeah. to, um, to murder the family. So she would have held them down while he shot or the other way around or whatever. And there's also theories that his friends came because I think in one of his statements, his earlier statements, he says that he left the house to go and get his friends and bring his friends back while his parents were dead. Um, yeah, I read that, but then I read like there was a lot of contrasting against that. So I kind of put it by the wayside, but um, <clears throat> I, he was, I read, I read a whole, you know, rabbit hole theory about how she was being sexually abused and whatever have you, as you would probably imagine with a family murder case, which I mean would make a lot of sense. And that Ronnie was the kind of, even though he was, I think he was the oldest, I was second, him and Don were the oldest, even he was kind of the, the run, not the run of the litter, but like the beating post for definite for the dad. Um, again, this is complete. He said, she said they could have just started making these accusations after the arrest. So I don't know. It, I would say that there definitely has to be some sort of hatred to shoot your entire family, but who knows? You know, I, I don't, especially in America. <laughs> yeah, I know. I don't think they, they need much of an excuse. <laughs> but, um, yeah. I, re I remember in the, the research that I did around this, the, I don't know if this was actually documented or whether this was a, one of the police officers like recalling this, um, but Ronnie's grandfather said, apparently said, you will take the rap. I don't want to hear any more about your sister. So he was basically saying, you're going to take the rap for the whole thing. Um, so it sort of supports what this journalist was, was suggesting that um, Dawn and Ronnie were working together or had worked together. Um, and in the research I did, Jordan, Dawn was dead. He, he shot her too. Oh, sorry, did I, I, I must have um, miswrote that. But that's, yeah. So, uh, all right sorry yeah no i did actually write that i've just misread that yeah, yeah and his no two worries. sisters no worries yeah, so, yeah. yeah so basically the, the theory was that they'd work together he was too high on drugs so she took it into her own hands and then shot everybody um and then he came around and was so distraught that he shot her but i i, I didn't hear anything about mm. two murder weapons at the time and if she did leave the house 
and leave that rifle where the med weapon was actually found on that dock, then how did he shoot her and what did he shoot her with? Because there was no there was no difference in the, the bullets that they used or the type of weapon that was used, apparently. So I don't know. I don't know. It's it's not yeah, it's a, it, I think the the original kind of stories where the mystery lies, and I think you could have had the film based around the original story more so than the um than the events that you know that followed, just simply because I'm gonna be honest, I don't like what's I, I, I don't like the, the I, I think he's I just think he's a dick. I think like I think he's I don't know. I just didn't get. I just didn't get a good feeling from him at all. Like when I, I just when you're doing a lot of the research that I've been doing recently, you come across a lot of people that just, I don't know. You just don't believe them, and sometimes you're right and sometimes you're wrong. But I just didn't believe him. No, I kind of have to agree with that because I was thinking, why are all these stories about the Lutzes when the much more interesting story happened before, and it just gets the five minute intro. It's it, it's mm. demoted to a five minute intro and in this obviously the remake the conjuring it's all it is that it's it's fucking fascinating that then what you two were talking about then I I I that was one of the most fascinating things I've ever seen us do on this. This um granted it didn't involve me at all like I know there's like I think I'm reading through it. There's probably about, I think, about 20, 25 films with the name, with the word Amityville in the title. And, uh, yeah, oh, obviously yeah. The, the remake in this one, the two main ones, um, and, there's you know, it's had mentions and stuff like that in different films. But there must be, I'm unaware, there must be a film about uh, Ronnie DeFeo and the, the events of that, because, like I said, there is so much to unpack. It is such a massive mystery. You know, in, in sort of American history, it's like another sort of John Bonet Ramsey sort of thing. There's just, there's just so yeah. much around yeah. it. And like I've I've heard about, you know, potential uh mob um connections and, and such like that. And there's just so many, so many theories. And that's something I've I've looked at before. And it is literally just like a locked door. And there must be something unless unless there's attorneys, the estate of the DeFeos or, or I was thinking that, yeah. I do wonder if I do wonder if since um since the book has been brought out i do wonder if there is some sort of legal action that's been taken that surrounds it because i know that they have had legal troubles or well, not troubles but there have been legal proceedings appear later and there is um probably the sketchiest character of all of them but we'll get to him later william weber i knew um, i knew that's what you were going to say then but i'm more like than- mental like how how is he? How is he able to do what he did? Like, like we'll probably touch upon. Yeah, we'll touch upon him for sure. But exactly. Jesus, like he, he's a he's a character in himself. Like you could like fuck the priest. You could have <laughs> you could have Weber up as part as like you know you your leading guy. It's 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 mental. But yeah, I think the story kind of lies in in the in the initial um, in the initial actions. But yeah. I think there was definitely some mental health issues going on. Yeah, I think you're absolutely right. And I think some financial issues too, based on, I mean, it's it's glaringly obviously in the film, they, they, they say it. Um, I do think that the key to the whole thing is that murder in 1974. Mm. And we'll come on to that when we discuss Weber later on. Um, so the narrative of the film moves forward three years. Um, George and Kathy Lutz are 
looking for a property to buy and they stumble across um, this house on um, Ocean Avenue in the village of Amityville. And they obviously fall in love with it. It's a massive house. It's at a really cheap cost. They know that people died in there, but they still go ahead anyway. Um, and some people believe that that was done on purpose. Um, but we will see. Um, so on the very first day, um, a priest comes to visit. Um, so this is, I think, the first inkling that something paranormal is going on, I think. Um, so a priest comes to visit. He just lets himself in to the bedrooms, as most priests do. Um, to be fair, though, he does hear laughter in one of the bedrooms, doesn't he? And obviously it's children. Oh, we so he's straight in there. In there. <laughs> like FO in there. Um, so <laughs> there were some things that happened here. Obviously, uh, he, he can't unlock the window. Flies start to form. The door slams shut. Um, he obviously gets really, really sick. Um, while he's there, the flies are buzzing around his face. And then you hear that absolutely horrendous voice, which actually gives me chills, <laughs> instructed him to get out. And so he does. I mean, why Why would you not? You absolutely would um, get out of there. So, Jordan, I don't know if this, an, is, if this is an actual documented event that was supposed to have happened or this was fictionalised for the film. Yeah, he... Uh, P- Ralph J. Picaro. I'm so shit with <laughs> Ralph J. Picaro. Um, yeah, said that he was told to get out by a scary voice. He apparently, he didn't really mention anything about the flies, mm. um, but he did hear the voice and <laughs> uh, was startled and later felt a slap in the face, which <laughs> I, I, I think's hilarious. On the, on, the same, <laughs> on, the, on the same day or like later? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> No, on the same day. Sorry, just to go back to something you mentioned earlier. Did you, yeah. I, I think I might have skipped over this. Do you know on the film? Did yeah. you say that it skipped forward three years? I think it was three three years. Yeah, because they moved in the they yeah. Moved in I the thought next it year. was. Oh, was it the it was the year after? I'm so no, sorry. No, in the film it might have been, but yeah, yeah, the next year. I was gonna, no, I was just yeah, it might have been. Like, yeah, I was just oh, I was thirteen months or something. I think wasn't it? And they they kept all they oh, kept right. all yeah, their yeah, money, yeah. like buy all the furniture and keep it for like a few hundred dollars. Yeah. yeah, it was nothing. It, but yeah, it cost basically. But then again, I mean, who's gonna who's gonna keep whoa, 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 couches are couches in prison? So they they kept the furniture yeah. from the original house. Yeah, she says. I mean, I don't think they were... when, when the reels are shown yeah, around, they, she they... says like it's all included. In but the that's life. really happened, apparently. Yeah, they... that is gross. Yeah, they weren't very um, they weren't very well off at the time, were they? So it's kind of one of the reasons why they purchased the house. It's in in the in the film as well. Um, I. 112 Ocean Avenue was, was just meant to be a regular suburban house, wasn't it? I don't know about this film, but certainly I've read about the, the remake 2005. And when I was watching this, I, I was like, that's not a suburban house. And I had read it saying that it sort of obviously they, they sort of hammed it up and, you know, made it a big sort of mansion rather than a normal suburban home. I know there was like eight of them or whatnot. Didn't they change, you know, the, is, the, didn't they change the address in the remake? It is a big house. I don't know. Um, it is a big, I did read that. Big house. Sorry, I, I did read that there was 
it, it, it was a large old house and I, I did find that it said there was a pool and a boathouse, so it must have been attached to a lake or something. Yeah. But I think um, so, I think their neighbours were closer than what the Oh, sorry, that's what, on. yeah, that's what I meant. Maybe not a normal suburban house, but it was like, I think it sort of pitches them out, out in the sticks a little bit. I don't know about you, but like when I was, they were by the boathouse and stuff and then he was walking across the grounds, I got a bit of a uh, Friday the 13th, Friday the 13th vibe. I don't know. It was quite autumnal and then there was a boathouse in the mm. lake and he was walking across the grass. Mm. Imagine if you saw Jason coming out the lake across over I'd, <laughs> I'd rather see Jason come towards me than a priest. Hey. <laughs> You're in less danger. Was like, yeah. <laughs> when, that, when that priest... I thought it was a really cool scene as well when that priest had all the flies on his face in the bedroom. Yeah, it's spot on. It was, so, it was sort of like an old UNICEF advert or something. Well, yeah, I was just about to say you beat me to it. You beat me to it. <laughs> wow, those uh, the, the, idea of, the idea of the flies comes from something else, um, which we, yeah. we'll talk about later on. Um, but the 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 voice, um, nobody seemed to hear that voice ever again. Did they? Not not just in the film, but I mean, it was never mentioned by the Lutzers, was it? That that was something that they experienced, yeah. um, which I found really bizarre for something to manifest in such a strong way to not be repeated. Do you know what I mean? Like usually things build, don't they? And like a voice yeah. is like a, a massive thing, I would assume to manifest, but obviously that just doesn't get repeated. Um, what, what, yeah. what did you guys think of this scene? Did, did you find it scary or? I, I thought it was it. Yeah, I that was great. I, I loved it. It's one of my favourite scenes and it builds and builds and builds up to that voice and that voice I've now realised is one thing that really freaks me out. And that makes Get the... out. Cheers, mate. Nice one. That's pretty good. Mm. I Get thought out. it was... Um, it was, yeah. I, it's just like the thing about horror films and stuff, especially the odd ones, it's like... Um, John will probably beg to differ, but I mean, nine out of ten times, they're just not scary. You know what I mean? I suppose unless mm. you've got that nostalgic thing, you've grown up with them. Oh, you watch them when you were young, and he sort of scarred you. Um, so to to I think having something like that, which which builds up a lot of discomfort, rather than just trying to flat out scare you or something, um, has a lot of value and a lot of merit. Um, I, I I thought it was it was really good, and it, and it sort of made my skin crawl a little bit, made me feel a lot of yeah, quite quite uncomfortable, and yeah, it's it's one creepy bastard of a film, like it really is, like it's it's, <laughs> it's unnerving. I'd probably agree with you there, but this, this, I mean, it scares, it's every, fucking everything scares me, but it does still unnerve me quite a bit, this one. Um, mm. And I think that's because of all the shit that comes with it, like, um, and that fucking voice, which has ruined me night. <laughs> Is it just me, or did, did anyone not think, like, why the fuck didn't you just get out, mate? Like, as soon as a fifth fly is landing on me, I'm, like, I don't like this. I don't yeah. I'm, I'm out of here. I don't even know these guys. <laughs> don't give a I like shit. how precise that was. The fifth one, four is fine, but five, I'm out there. <laughs> not five, absolutely oh, I don't not. Know. Yeah, four, you might have left the window open. Five, there's a, is, is in, it, I don't know, there's a shit in the corner. Just, does <laughs> does the voice maybe manifest because he is a priest? Because it, it sort I don't of know. it gets it gets heightened when the priest is there. That's like yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, a lister. Mm-hmm. So the devil or whatever's like get him. But then you do, do the work. The <laughs> and then the nun comes and it's like not as high as a priest. It's, it's freak her out, but you know, 
Don't do the voice. He's done it in a classic yeah. Johnny Cameron so way, but I, I love that. That's dead good. I like that. I think it, yeah, yeah, that's not that's a good shout. Yeah, it's not a bad one. Well done. Um, okay, so I just wanted to really quickly touch on probably John's favorite scene, the sex scene. No, Ooh. it's not. Not um, with Lois Lane, it's not. Because do you know what it may be? It gave me PTSD from American Werewolf in London. That sex scene. And I just wondered which one you thought was worse. This one. Because Explain why, <laughs> tell me why. I can't remember because I always skip it and I did it again because it's horrible. It's just horrible. Oh, for God's sake. It's, why it's, don't you, what's wrong with it? Because it's... It's gross it's, as fuck. Like, they're basically just hugging and you're expected to yeah. leave, like, they're having sex. They're just having a hug. And how the hell did she get out of her nightshirt and into his while they're having sex? It's, a, haun- it's, a, it's a haunted house. That's <laughs> the question. I didn't notice that. Know. This, this, this is where Sean lingers on all the time. Like. That's the question. The house, the walls are bleeding and the shout and get out and you're like, but how did she get into I'm his nightshirt? Hang on a minute. <laughs> If we're if if, if, John, we're, got, John, if we're gonna do sex scenes, then one of the next films we'll this, do is Don't Look Now, and we'll watch Donald Sutherland just actually bang his missus. He eat pussy for a solid five minutes. <laughs> he does, yes. I, I don't want to see that. That's a rumor. I, don't know, I, I don't think got, he actually got, did, but you would say that. Sean's just disappointed. I've got a question. Would you would you rather? Go ahead, well, sorry. Would you rather have seen a sex scene with? The original George and Kathy Lutz. Today, oh, <laughs> oh, those guys. Oh, Lois Lane. <laughs> Lois Lane and James, you, definitely. I think is <laughs> it is one of the, a case of one of those, you know, where it says, and you go and look up the people that it's based on afterwards, and you've seen like Hollywood A-listers portray them, and then it yeah. it looks like Jim Henson's yeah. workshop or I something. I did that the other day. The yeah. Google images. <laughs> I did that the other day with them conjuring people and they look like Fred and Rose West. It fucking freaked me out. <laughs> that would have been a brilliant film. Oh my film. God. No. Do you know who she looks like um, more recently? Do you know Mason Verger from Hannibal? No. Yeah. He's, like, he's got no face. Easy. Exactly. She's the absolute <laughs> bit. I couldn't believe it. I was watching a documentary last night and I was like, oh my God, it's Mason Verger. I never connected those two things. You know... I thank God for what happened. It was my salvation. Have you accepted Jesus, Agent Stalin? Sorry, <laughs> Elaine Warren. If, if you, is she dead? Yeah, who cares? Is he listening from beyond the grave? Were they just like massive frauds anyway? Well, not according to them, but yeah. Well, fucking obviously. <laughs> okay, so just moving on to the fourth day and probably... I think one of Jordan's favourite parts where Margot Kidder has got a Catholic schoolgirl outfit on. Um, don't really understand that choice, why she had that on. I feel like her Catholicism is all throughout the film anyway. Um, very strange choice uh, to put it put it in there. Um, I mean, she's that Catholic. She's painting a statue of the Virgin Mary. Yeah, it's really pushing I, it in your face. Get a hobby. Like, all right, we get it. You like Jeebus, you know what I mean? Get over it. <laughs> or go and shag your husband. <laughs> it's blasphemous. I mean, she's not a virgin, is she? Anyway. <laughs> not, in that, not in that ballet outfit. <laughs> it's, it's, she's, what happened with her fella, by the way? Because if she's Catholic and it's like the, the 70s, the mid-70s. Oh, she killed him. And then, you know, 
No, I'm just saying, like, if it's, it's like, even if she was getting a backhand, don't just Catholic women back in the day just stay with their abusive husbands and stuff. No, I'm yeah. sure he died, didn't he? I don't think it's mentioned in the film. I don't know what happened in real life. Oh, I think I'm thinking died, about though. the the remake. Who who died? Um, Kathy's first husband, or the father of the kids, like... father of the kids. Who knows? Well, obviously, that's the only part of the story they don't talk about. Um, anyway, we're introduced on this day to Jodie, the imaginary friend. And at this point, I don't think we know that it's supposed to be a pig, do we? In fact, I don't remember throughout the entire film that she I must have... it looking like a pig. I must have... you I don't think... see the pig. I don't think the little girl in real life thinks knows it's a pig. I think she was just... I must have... Herself, right. like... Made a brew at that point because I was still unaware until about a minute ago that it was a pig. <laughs> I wonder what the fuck you were talking about before with a pig in the window. I was like, I just saw some glowing eyes. It was a pig. You've missed nothing, Johnny. Believe no, me, you haven't. It was supposed to be Jodie was supposed to be a giant. It presented mm. itself as a giant pig that could apparently talk. Um, and this is twenty years before Babe, so you know. Um, but there is an explanation about the pig, Jordan. Did you come across it in your? Yeah, they had a fat cat from next door called Piggy. And uh, like 100%, like the little girl had just heard him talking to Piggy. And like, and it was it was just, a hairless cat, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's fair, like, I try, to, yeah, I try to find a picture of a fat hairless cat and they are ugly as shit as well. So I think yeah, it'd they, be a demon. Yeah, yeah, they, really, they are really bad. Um, so this is also the day where you see a lot of other things happening. Um, the black stuff in the toilet, which is absolutely gross. But I think when George Lutz was actually explaining that part of the story, he was saying that the china of the toilet turned black, not not the the water in the toilet. Um, mm. Okay, so the nun, she she uh, Kathy Lutz talks to the kids as if it's their aunt. Is that their genuine aunt, or is that something that she said, like, your best mate's mum is your aunt? Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, that's a good your mum's best mate, even. Yeah, that's a good question. I didn't actually come across that. Um, mm. Possibly, I don't know, is that just like a Catholic thing? I don't know. Yeah, like, I think I think it's just to show how close they are to the church. Yeah, I think she could be either. She's at the her brother's wedding later on, isn't she, as well? She shows up there. Yeah. Um, I have a question, though. Right. It's not about that, it's about something quite uh wait. Lenny's battering the door in with the axe. Mm. And Lois Lane comes up behind him and gets him and he pushes her off and then he goes to smack her with the axe. Why is she then yes. wrinkled when she's sitting on the floor? Strange. Yeah, Funny. so apart, so so in so in real life, he um this is one of the original claims is that at, at one point he um he saw his wife as an old woman and also levitating. They didn't really emphasize the the some of those facts. Like they said that the kid he saw the kids levitating at one point. But I think that was a loose reference to him supposedly seeing her as an old woman levitating. So I think that was an extremely loose nod to that. Yeah. Because when, when I saw it, I was like, has this been happening for ages? And I've just not noticed. <laughs> yeah, that's that's what I did. It seems to be an awful lot of very just touched upon moments mm. in it and you think well why haven't you done that more but it's i know you know why because the important bit is that it, 
Based it just seems to like turn into the shining yeah. for that brief period. It was like you've you got the axe and then yeah. the old woman. Big time. Um, and obviously there's like um Joe, the little kid talking to Jody, who I now know is a pig. Um, just like the little dude in the shining with his with his finger. Um, I, I just felt like maybe they had watched the shining, and then said this is what happened and uh, recorded, what was it, like 45 hours of tapes and gave them to, um, what's his name, Jay Anson, um, and said, write this. Uh, I, I don't know whether that's, the, the, there's no causation there maybe, but it does seem to be, and, and whether it's from the actual story point of view or from the film, and the film just took influence from, obviously The Shining, I think, came out about six years before, whether the film was taking influence from that or the Lutzes when they did it, were taking influence from those sort of things when they made up all this crap that they did. Um, so we're going to touch on the Lutz's influence for this story later on, um, because there is a lot, a lot to say about that, I think. Um, so we're going to skip a few days where a lot of things sort of happen, like G- George's mood really begins to change. He obviously looks really, really ill. Um, did Kathy's <laughs> nightmare, you know, where she wakes up and goes, she was shot in the head. Screaming. Mm, yeah. Do you remember? What the fuck? <laughs> anyway, there's loads of she stuff. She is fucking on. useless there. The pre- she also does a bit in the car as well where he gets out to go back and get the dog. Oh, fuck off. I hate her. I, I, I don't. I love her. She was in Superman with Christopher Reeve, so I adore that woman. But in this film, she undoes all of the good work she does in Superman's one and two. Well, she's I dead now, it. John, so it's okay. Yeah, but those she, films will live she, forever. Is she dead? Yeah. Yeah, she went actually mad, didn't she? She oh, worked, wow. she was writing she was writing her, uh, her memoirs and she lost them on a computer. Mm-hmm. And it was like something like 650 pages of memoirs. And she had a nervous breakdown. She got, I think she actually got committed because of it. Oh my oh, that's god. Interesting. That, is that, that way goes, she died? I, I'm I miss the, the, the woman from this. I missed that completely because I, I, yeah. I, I got a little bit of um I got a little bit of information about the, the movies. Yeah, she had, I I, she com- had, I completely skipped over that. That's, yeah, that's she a had a one. very unhappy kind of twilight to her life. Um, but yeah, it wasn't very. She, I think, I think she was committed until then. She was like heavily medicated until she passed. And I like, I, I mean, I'll always love her, but because I love her so much because of Superman, I'm allowed to then say, Lois Lane, you are shit. In Amityville Horror, you are probably the worst thing about it. You are so much better than this. Please stop. Just stop. Well, she has. Well, (laughs) ruthless Cameron's arrived. Also, Jordan. Okay, now. I imagine you might come across this in your research. Um, Is Ronnie DeFeo only like just died this past March? Yeah, Ronnie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. like super recently. I know. That was that's like I, I I don't actually have the exact year I don't think I, don't, I can't remember reading it earlier when I was reviewing, um but I can look it up very quickly. I'm but sure, yeah, I think I I'm sure it was March twenty twenty one this year, oh which God. is sort of like I think the, it was I think it was extremely recently. Yeah, yeah, because it's one of those where it's that like very recent. Someone you you know you you thought would have just died in like at, at least the nineties or something like that. Yeah, yeah, March 12th, 2021. Well, he was only a young man, I suppose, when he committed those murders, wasn't he? Like, yeah, he's about 70 when he, yeah, but he'd been about 70 when he died. Mm. So, fuck, he, I mean, he lasted in prison, 
Okay. So let's skip ahead to the 11th day because I feel like there's a lot of telling information that is disclosed here. Um, it's when his business partner shows up at the house and says, you know, we've, we've not paid certain contractors. We've not paid any of the men that we actually employ. You've not been coming into work. And it's really, really obvious there that George has got financial problems. And, mm. you know, Jordan, you touched on it before. And I, I'd never got onto it before, but knowing what we were going to do with this episode, I was thinking, is that the reason why you've tried to get some publicity so you could get some additional, you know? Yeah, I read that as well before. hundred percent. So like, just, sorry, I, I don't know if you, I don't know if you want me to go deeper into this. Go but for there's it. A give, there's, there's a give and a take. So they moved in 13 months later, so they absolutely would have known what went on in that house. Absolutely. When they're talking about, oh, when they have that scene where they sit down, it's like, oh, it's, you know, it's $80,000 or it's $80,000 we don't have. It, I thought it was kind of interesting that the director put that in there because it is kind of clear that they've got these money issues, yet in real life, I would have thought that would reflect on them quite negatively. Um, so they did buy it for only 80000 which is a damn steal. I assume, I don't actually know what the property prices are like at that time, but I would imagine, obviously, definitely lower than today. But they did move out 28 days later, for 50, selling it for 55000 so in all fairness, if you're going to give them that and they do have money problems, that's 25 grand lost within a matter of 28 days. That's a lot of money, especially if you haven't got much. But they did then obviously go straight on to trying to make a book. And from the book, they made a book alone, they made 250,000. So, you know, obviously in the long run, it became extremely profitable. Um, and then I, I, I know later on they've had, I think he's trying to sue MGM or something now or, or did. the remake yeah, it was, yeah. The remake, yeah. I don't know whether, I don't know where that, I, don't, I think that was, still might be a was, live, I don't know whether that's still going on. Was but. that because, because I read that he didn't like that they portrayed him as just taking an axe to the dog or something? Yeah, there's, there's, there's a few things that he wasn't happy with, but then like he claims he wasn't happy with parts of the first film yet the first film did have quite a basis in what he wrote in his book in the end. So obviously it's a gap. Basically it depends how you want to look at it. Like he gambled mm. if you're going down the, he lied route because yeah, granted. Okay. Yeah. You've, you've fucked off and this is a remarkable story, but you know, you've potentially lost out 25 grand there. 25 grand isn't easy to make. However, given the kind of no internet and the feeling of the day, um, there was a massive push um, during the 70s for paranormal, UFO, um, alien activity. Like, there just was. So, you know, if you were kind of, if you didn't have that business brain about you, then the money was there to be made, and clearly it was. So, and that was, like I said, that's just, just the book. It's one of those things as well. It's like sort of, I don't know how much control they had when, when uh, Jansen's book got made into a film with the Lutzes, how, did they have any power over? Did they say, you know, um, so when, when the film was being made, it was like, it's just like, why obviously would you want to show the financial difficulties? Because that'll have obviously people doubting you. Um, but then it's like, if, if the book is just an entity in itself by Jansen, it was like, I've wiped the, washed the Lutzes off this. This is my thing now. And this is what makes it a better story. 
And Jay Anson, Jay Anson always said, "I am a writer first and foremost, Mm. and I write something like I write what sells." So that to me was, I didn't actually write the truth, Mm. Um, and maybe he wasn't told the truth to start with. But that was always the truth. You alluded, you alluded earlier to the differences, and I, I, I don't know if you've got the actual physical number of differences that was yeah. in the book. One hut. So I'll, uh, I've got it here. Sorry, I'll just. Oh, there we go. So journalist Rick Moran claims that there was a minimum of one hundred and sixteen physical differences from their initial story. A minimum. So that was by the time the book came out, um, and by the time the book came out, so. I don't know if you want me to touch upon this later or whether I should just dive into it now, but um, there's only ever like super low level psychic phenomenon, doors mm. closing, things things moving. Apparently the, the window shutting did happen, but I'll go into that a little bit later because there's a really interesting story about the window closing. I think you've researched super the same thing about that, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> it was so funny. We'll come on to that at the end. At the end. Was that one of someone who went in to investigate it? Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. The test in the middle of the floor. Yes, yes. Um, okay. <laughs> well, I just got a so, joiner around. Well, the first person I call is a joiner. Well, just wait and you'll see oh, why. Okay. Okay. So we're also introduced to um, the business partner's girlfriend, who is some sort of psychic <laughs> She's mental. She, <laughs> I just, I just, or as soon as I met her, I was like, oh, for Christ's sake, why do you have to have people like that in it? Like, it's perfectly fine. We don't need a connection. Like, we get it. We we know what, what your story you're trying to tell. We don't need a psychic to suddenly explain it. Um, I thought she was absolutely mental, to be honest with you. Then the next day, um, the family finally start to ask about who Jodie is. Um, still no mention of a pig, by the way. Um, and you get this, you get this link where it's suddenly George Lutz looks a lot like, apparently in the film, looks a lot like Ronnie DeFeo. Um, and it's that he says someone in the bar says it. To him, oh my god, you look just like that kid. He says <laughs> he insults him so much. He's like, yeah, he's yeah. You look just like that murderer. And, like, that murderer, yeah. over him. and then he's like, he's like, oh, I've, what's your I problem? Why like, you just call me a murderer? Stop <laughs> my beef? fucking drink, mate. <laughs> what's your beef? I'll get you another one. And I think he just goes, sorry. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And then no later on, when Kathy's doing some research, finally again about the house, she sees a newspaper clipping of. Ronnie DeFeo and she's like, oh my god, it's George. That yeah, was I'm looking at I'm looking at pictures of him now, and I must admit, Jesus, he does on these two photos, granted they're in black and white, but no, seriously, like he really does like the hair, the beard, like properly. Like think thing is though, it's like, did he is the idea he always looked like Ronnie DeFeo, who I don't think they actually name in the in the in the film at all. Did he is he meant to look like him from the get-go? Because I noticed as the film goes on, it's like, oh, you look like, and then, then she does research, and then it's like, oh, my mm. God, he does, when really he doesn't look any different than he did from the start of the film. He just looks like he hasn't slept. Mm. So it's like, well, he's not. it's not like he's yeah, transformed this... into him. It's like you, you just always, you both look like sort of ch- dis- disheveled Charles Manson. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's what he did anyway at the Brilliant. start, you know. Yeah, I think he definitely... I don't think there's an undisheveled Charles Manson, actually, but, you know, you get what I mean. 
I don't think they look like each other at all. They probably don't without the that cat wig and the beard, but <laughs> well, that's what that, I'm looking at. Yeah. Cat wig and beard. Yeah, no. Okay, so we've come with that. Oh, I really wanted to touch on this because I think the remake makes more of this than the original film. So um it's where they start to talk about Ketchum. Um do, do you know what I'm talking about? Ash Ketchum. <laughs> so, yeah, and it's on the same day. <laughs> It's on the same day that they say, I hate you, that they see the red eyes in the window. Um, I can't, is it is it her uh, or him that goes to the library and does research about this character called Ketchum, who owned uh, their house, it's him, isn't it? And they, they own the house on the land where they now live, this Ketchum character, and he was supposedly banished out of Salem for being a witch. And on that land conducted, like obviously Satanism and all that sort of stuff. Did you come across him in your good lad, in your um research, Jordan? Because I didn't even think to to look him up and see. Oh, I, I didn't, but I did. I wasn't looking for it specifically, admittedly, uh, because I'd not seen the film beforehand. I did one. I did. I didn't write this down, but I swear I remember seeing the classic. Rumors of Indian burial ground, but like that's yeah, that that's was it. There. Like <laughs> yeah, that's that's all. I, and always like whenever there's a, like so, <laughs> someone's someone's fingernail falls off like unexpectedly, and there's an Indian burial ground somewhere nearby. So yeah, it's so true. Um, yeah, when that when they started talking about Indians, I was like, oh for fuck's sake, um, or Native Americans. I apologize. He's done the research. They come home. And then she's breaking down the wall because George is like, what are you doing to my house? And then they Red find room. that weird passageway, don't they? And um, she, start, she starts talking. <laughs> <laughs> she's got some psychic link with the priest now. And um, and she starts talking with his voice and he's telling it to, it's the passageway to hell and they need to cover it. Um, and then obviously they go into an, like a, an attempted exorcism or a blessing of the house themselves so this jordan did you come across because i never this psychic friend did you was she a real person? no 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 i i well not that i came across anyway like like i say like the you know there was only 28 days that they were there and mm. there was and from what i could gather from the original story not there was genuinely like it was just a few doors banging and yeah. um and windows shutting so like that's literally so yeah, that's for the psychic friend of the thing. So, however, they did apparently find a room that wasn't in the house plan that was filled mm. with files and stuff. Mm. Um, so that was apparently somewhat true. But as for the psychic friend, no, I think she was just there for um, that. Well, that they, they should value. change the beginning of this <laughs> based on true story. It should be based on the somewhat true story. That's what it should be. Somewhat true. Somewhat true is 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 Not what this film is now. I <laughs> I used to really kind of properly believe in this, but I think this on its own has just completely debunked it. Like for me, apart it's from- really on. It's, it's really sad sometimes. Like I, I will sometimes start that like deep diving into the conspiracies, um, and I'll get midway through, and I'm like, ah. Oh. Fuck! <laughs> I'm really upset. <laughs> this yeah. Is, yeah, I really wanted it to be true. Yeah. Like, <laughs> then like things just keep happening. Now. Like there's just 
you just see one too many dodgy characters. Like, you know, there's this one woman who I, I thought was really credible once and it just got, and I swear to God, she shot her entire credibility down with one sentence. She was talking to the History Channel, which in itself is dodgy. And she just looks at the camera and goes, yeah, blah, blah, like talking about um, Mac Brazel, who was on the um, Roswell UFO site. But yeah, he was once, he, he was once a successful rancher. I was like, <laughs> what's that even, what's that even mean? Like, how can, how can you be... <laughs> How can you be a one successful right he was a rancher or he wasn't like there's no real success in being a rancher like he owned a ranch like it, and he still owned it like <laughs> yeah it so it's kind of oh, i don't know it's it is it can be frustrating i i think um coming across the truth sometimes sadly mm. to, to break the mood as well i just clicked on that link that you sent um and it actually says uh ronnie defoe um <laughs> Which has made me think of that Spurs striker. <laughs> it does as well. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it was like quality journalism there. Fuck, fucking God, if we get the name right, the bloke killed everyone. Oh, yeah. In, oh, in like, in the headlines. It's in the headlines. Three times. Yeah, but look, yeah, but look at, but look at Kate Fowler's picture at the top. And the, then the, uh, <laughs> the, the journalist's picture at the very top under the, yeah. main, under the main picture. Wow. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if I believe her journalism. Oh my Christ. Let's have a look. <laughs> yeah. No, I wouldn't. She looks like you can order her from Russia. Six months ago. <laughs> oh, she looks like a fucking mannequin. Wow. Oh, oh my God. <laughs> wow. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so let's just move through the narrative really quickly because we're almost at the end and then we, we want to get into the good stuff, all of Jordan's research. So basically the shit hits the fan, but not in the way that I remember it, um, to be honest. And I think I might have been merging the end of this and the end of the remake together. Um, obviously, oh my God, I need to mention this. You know when he back, like he just backhands Cathy because she calls him yeah. a bastard? Wasn't that fucking shocking? I don't remember seeing that ever. He just... He fucking backhands everyone, doesn't he? Just he doesn't backhand it? the kids. No. <laughs> No, he doesn't. Well, he nearly kills them with an axe instead. He doesn't. He doesn't at the end. He just nah, not the kids. I'm, no, I'm sure he yet. just like gives one of them a backhand. No, don't remember. That. Maybe that's why I wanted to happen. Maybe that's why I imagined. Also, that looked and sounds can, can I just play <laughs> something up? Maybe it was. Maybe he's fucking sick of her. Can I just Mark play out. something up? You know, I totally missed a bit, and it's probably just me. The bit with the wedding and that kid with like the fucking pube haircut. Was he one of, he wasn't one of our kids, was no, he? No, that was his brother. Hey, yeah. brother. Okay, I just thought that bit was just like sort of plonked in there and he was yeah. like, oh, I can't find yeah, the that's... money. And then that was the whole thing. And that's... it was like, and what that was threw me. I I swear to God, because I was like, I was doing some at the time as well and I was watching on the screen. I looked yeah, at it for like a like, minute. Like, I looked back, I was like, is that, is that a kid? Age ten years. I was like, yeah, yeah I, I was like, twenty-eight days. Because she had her arm like, it's obviously not. And then he's getting married. And then because she said, oh, it was only like the other, you know, feels like last year I was riding around with you on the bike. I was like, what's yeah. going on? And this, then it's obviously yeah. like a device so that it can show sort of how George sort of spiraled into yeah. madness. No, it for me it but just then, gets it just gets them out of the house so they can put the babysitter in the in the wardrobe for a bit, which was yeah, brilliant yeah. by the way. That <laughs> yeah, was amazing. Yeah, yeah. I love that. Her braces. I love that. And her, her braces, braces coming down like fucking that poor babysitter. I honestly think most of this can be explained by piss poor carpentry. 
a door won't fucking open. It's locked in the window won't fucking open. <laughs> well, we'll get to that later. Johnny's found the answer. But how will carpentry? How 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 furious was he about that fucking fifteen hundred dollars? Like you just had it in your hand, mate. It's it's gonna be just it's gonna be just there, and they never go back to that. It just go, like are they yeah. are they are the demons like just going down Starbucks or something? <laughs> oh, I don't. Yeah, that that was weird. It's like <laughs> oh, I know what what are they gonna want with that money? But I, George, definitely robbed that. Definitely because of all his financial problems, he was like, oh, I'll have that. Definitely. But it wasn't really in the room at the time, Not so like it, it kind of should have found it in the pants at the yeah. end. He just gone shit. Wow, oh, <laughs> yeah, it was here. And it, George, George, oh, George is up already. Yeah, George is already paying for the carer. <laughs> <laughs> so the last night is horrendous. Like a lot of shit goes down. You finally see the weird red pig in the window, which like is very bizarre, very very bizarre. Um, yeah, and then George falls through the stairs into that weird pool of blood, and then the dog attacks him, but then realizes it's him and helps him out like a good dog. And someone just legged it. Then someone just legged it. You'd have well got off and left me to it. Um, I I didn't really feel like that was a proper climax. Like, it, do you know what I mean? I know that it was supposed to be a true story, but there was no proper climax to the film for me. It was just like. Oh, we're in the van by. We've got off. Yeah, it I, is I the think, most sudden mm. ending ever, isn't it? Except for Mad Max <laughs> Thunderdome. That is the weirdest ending I've ever seen in my life. Anyway, we'll come on to that another time. <laughs> well, I, I think what, what I was alluding to before was like it's because it's they want to keep it as a or as a true story, then it's like, you know, I think I think the the blood and stuff like that falling into that big pool of blood is like that's maybe the most that you could sort of pass off as like a, a shared hallucination or something, because then, you know, if, if, if there's a, you know what I mean? It's like, maybe they have to keep it boring. I know boring's not an excuse, not, you know, a simple ending can be a good ending. This one didn't have one, but I don't know. But maybe, the, maybe that was, was the part thing of that the makes them why. leave is George attacking them all with an ax. And then they get in the van with them. With and it, it's like yeah. they don't even it's not even they goes, I would never hurt you. And then it's like, how would I then? Let's go, let's go. Like, like yeah. what? What what? He's just trying to murder you. What that entire scene said to me was he was gonna murder the kids, got caught, and just was like, Oh, I, well, you know I would never hurt you. Let's go. <laughs> let's get off. So um, in my in my research, Jordan. I found, or well, didn't find much about the last night. And in fact, what I did find was the Lutzers don't really like to talk about what happened on the last night. So that made me think that this whole last few scenes was just invented. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, like, I, I guess, I, other than my only other thought is that, like, maybe he did do some, like, weird shit on that last night you know what i mean and then was didn't want that to actually come out at the end of the day you know you're taking a big gamble leaving that house after 28 days of living there if you do in fact have financial troubles so i do think there does need to be some prompt unless this was some sort of weird plan that they sorted out beforehand which if i'm being 
entirely honest, I kind of don't want to give him that much credit. Like, I don't think he's that, I, do you know what I mean? I think that would take quite a lot of careful planning and manoeuvring. I, and I just don't think he had it in him. So I would be kind of not so surprised if what happened on the last night, violence-wise, played out a little bit. And here's me just giving absolute, just like, I'm pure my own thoughts. Like there's absolutely no feeling on this. Like potentially is it out of the realm of possibility for him to do something abhorrent, you know, hit his wife or maybe threaten her or well, grab a knife or something. And well, yeah. And just, be, <laughs> and just be like, Oh shit, I really shouldn't have done that. Or shall I need to make some sort of excuse. Oh, I'm, pos- I'm possessed. This house is, is, is possessed. Let's get the fuck out of here. And then they just made a best of a bad situation. I, do you know what I mean? I, I, I don't know. I just think that, yeah, they, why wouldn't you like to talk about something that would potentially actually give your story some validation? Like They they do that. It's like, because I, I read that as well, Sean. It was like, oh, and then something happened that night, but they never like to talk about it. It's like, it sort of makes me think, well, yeah, maybe so. Because if, I mean, on one hand, it's like, if, you know, they did plan it and stuff, it's like, you'd think of some sort of, you think of some sort of crescendo and apex of the story and go, we'll do that because that's cool and it's interesting. I think he's probably bumming the dog or something and then just went, <laughs> we'll, not, we'll not put this in there. <laughs> leave, leave, I'll leave that, leave I'll, that out. I'll do the backhand and I'll do the trying to kill the kids with an axe. I'm not, you know, and then put the bit in the end where the, I go back in to save the dog because then it, people won't ask questions. Mm. So there are some really interesting things that happen after the end of the main horror story. And one of the most interesting things is the introduction of this character, Weber. And Jordan, I'm going to leave that to you to explain who Weber is. So Weber was was DeFeo's um, attorney, right? And um, I'm just trying to find my little part here. But yeah, so when... He was arrested. Weber was the one that was kind of defending him. And here we go. Yeah. So um, they informed Lutz that no matter what they found, they were... All right. So if we're going after the fact, so paranormal investigators leaded by this woman called Roxanne Kaplan and her husband were apparently supposed to set out an examination of the house, right? So they, they told Lutz, this is after the fact, that no matter what they found, they would inform the public. Now... My thoughts aside on these sorts of people, like ghost hunters and stuff, like, it's not for me, but, you know, whatever. But they were quite upfront about it, and I actually quite liked this Roxanne Kaplan woman. I thought she was pretty on the nose. And um, they were free service, and they were pretty upfront, and, you know, they basically said, look, if it's bullshit, we're going to say that it's bullshit, but if we think we find something, we'll tell everyone. Then three days later, Lutz called them in a frenzy, <clears throat> saying that he didn't want any press or attention or publicity and blah, 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 and it was calling it off because it brought too much attention. Motherfucker, you just wrote a book, right? Ha- like earlier that day, the Lutz family held a press conference that was organized by William Weber, the attorney of DeFeo, right? So mental. So <laughs> Weber, who was <laughs> who was representing DeFeo, oh sorry, in his appeal, is now working with the uh, Lutz family. And then um, William Weber apparently, as soon as he started working with them, was, this is insane. Instantly trying to get the Lutz family involved in writing books and making movies and 
a contract is apparently, I don't know, you know, I'm pretty sure this is true. Many people, many sources have said this. A contract was put forward to the Lutz family in which they would have to pay 5% of whatever they made from the book and film rights to DeFeo. So you would have to give 5% of your own story to DeFeo, the man who was convicted for murdering his family. How does that make... Is that why they never mention his name? How does that then? make any sense? That is a good well, it's it's interesting because like um I can't remember what year or what case was. I think it may well have been John Wayne Gacy. I can't remember what year that was, but there's that law brought in, wasn't there, which it was like to make it impossible for people to you, you can't profit to, off a crime. Can profit you? off a crime while you're in prison. So I think Gacy was selling paintings and stuff like that. I think someone else was doing something else. Um I don't know, someone will correct me on the uh, the insta or whatever, but um, I'm wondering if that was in place at this time or that was a sort of loophole because they weren't, DeFeo wasn't, I mean, technically in, in the, going the scenic route, he was profiting off of his actions, but it, you know, it was them doing the story and them writing the book and obviously, you know, quotations inspired by DeFeo, if that was some sort of loophole, like mm. that they could, they could get around it to make him some money. That is a good question. So did you see, did you see the part, Jordan, where, the the Lutzes and Weber spent a whole night together drinking drinking wine. wine. And showed them crime scene photographs. Yeah, the black the blackish greenish powder that they used for the fingerprints. Yeah, uh, and Lutz <clears throat> the Lutz family apparently saw it and said, "Oh wow, that's the slime coming from the doors." <laughs> All right, so it was just a, mm. wash your you ever seen like East is East and wash your bleeding curtains, you dirty cow. Like. <laughs> <laughs> and that's it, like, why that wash point, walls or <laughs> before that point, there was no mention of flies, and he showed them a crime scene photograph of Dawn's body, and there were flies there. And from that point, the the the, the part of the story that involved swarms of flies in the house came from that so you can see how Weber's influence has changed their their story of what has actually happened yeah. to them because like Jordan has said I think twice before before that it was all like really low-key potentially poltergeist activity and then all of a sudden it was this massive if you ham up if you ham up the story it's gonna sell events. like simple as like where where are you talking about this now about something that happened mm. in the 70s do you know what I mean whereas if you know if it had just been this minor psychic activity and the murder happened there then at absolute worst you're getting the ghost hunters from do you know what I mean from the history channel visiting on a Wednesday 2am night one time and they're getting $75 for the, for the privilege like it's not there's there's a reason why these sort of things are hammed up and sadly at the end of the day it is money and the more people conspire towards it and especially when they've got connections to different names like DeFeo it just completely takes away from any fact and any kind of credibility that it would have otherwise had um it's the son of Sam Law not uh, anything to do with Gacy it means you can't profit from your actions right. son of Sam was Berkowitz wasn't he he was David Berkowitz Okay, so I think we've left John and Johnny in suspense enough in talking about the explanation for the closing and opening window. So, Jordan, I will leave this to you to explain. Yeah, so you might have noticed in the film that the window only closed. Was it when the man, was it when the dad or the mum came in? Was it, it was the mum, right? Yeah. Oh, and, the, kid, uh, the kid's hand. 
Yeah. Yeah, and it, it was it was a happy accident. This so there's quite a few uh, there's quite there's quite a lot that goes into this. So apparently, you know, originally um, this uh, they were basically accused of lying. So they said that this happened. Um, and then George was like, no, 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 like this did happen. Like this window did shut on, on his, uh, on his hand. And then they were like, oh, you know, blah, blah. We went to hospital, and we, you know, we got it um, bandaged or whatever. And, and they were like, oh, um, I've got to find the name of it. Was it like Rick Moran or so? He was, he was a journalist. It was basically like, oh, um, yeah, well, you know, we can go back and look at these, um, look at these, um, look at the records and actually find out whether you did or not. Was, oh, oh, actually, no. Come and think this, of it, yeah. Yeah, it was like, come and think if we actually just managed it up at home. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of like, the that's that's the funny, that's funny-ish, right, whatever. Uh, but then, so someone was doing research later on and was like, came to this conclusion, that, and it's hilarious that you bring up about the bad carpentry. So there was apparently a trick floorboard in that room, right? That, so this was a happy accident. <laughs> one came in at the same time. So there was a trick floorboard in the room where if the window was open and you stood on this one particular floorboard, the window would slam shut. <laughs> that's like the, that's like their the whole excuse for it. like I mean, which obviously is a ridiculous excuse, but I just thought it was utterly hilarious that going back to your bad carpentry, that this just magic window can just be explained by apparently you somehow step on one floorboard in the center of the room and that sends shockwaves throughout the room and closes the window. Who was was saying that, was it? Was it um, the Lutzes that were saying, we've got this floorboard? No, it was... No, 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 no. it was... I was going to say, yeah. yeah. Because that that kind of, that kind of, um, that kind of, you know, takes away from their argument. Yeah, I was going to say, it's like a Scooby-Doo house or something. Yeah. I just thought it was insane, and he was like, he like he was dead. He was like dead serious about it. When I was watching the video, I was like, "What?" <laughs> <laughs> it made no sense to me whatsoever. Uh, but yeah, I just thought that that was utterly hilarious. Like, I, I mean, it's nice to see and, the other side of it though, because sometimes you see people trying to explain paranormal things, and it's really clutching at straws. So it's quite nice to see a skeptical side going. Well, actually, I, I think you'll find that. If I yeah, step on this I, floorboard at just this angle, like and he magic. gave it. I mean, he was he was doing like a video of it, but like I do wonder if that was just a recreation. Now in hindsight, it was actually a while ago that I saw that. But like he did like do a a, def, uh, a demonstration, and you know the window <laughs> the window closed. But I don't know if that if he just mocked. I see that more. I see that. Yeah, yeah. it's speaking about him. Go on. John. No, I was just going to say, for the purposes of recreation, it just got a five-year-old child's hand and stuck it under there. You've got to mirror, <laughs> yeah. the, mirror the scenario exactly, and then just bring a fucking great big workman's boot down on this floorboard. <laughs> so, speaking about investigators, um, some a lot of investigators went into this house. You know, the Warrens, we've touched on them, they were called in. Um, during their investigation, they reported people feeling affected. Some people had chest pains. Um, and Lauren, Lorraine, sorry, um, Lauren, um, apparently through her psychic abilities, felt that there were bodies um, in the house and not just of the DeFeo family, um, but going back historically. There was a reporter with them. I can't remember her first name, but her last name was DiDio. Um, 
she was with them at the time and she was like I felt absolutely nothing but in my research I kind of felt that she believed the story regardless of not actually experiencing anything and there's a good um, reason for that so Jordan correct me if I'm wrong they took photographs around the house Mm. of the investigation and it wasn't until was it years later when the 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 photos were being looked at or assessed good question I I don't know exactly how long after I would be quite surprised if it was that long but it was it just said it just said much later um, yeah the accounts I just said much later when the photographs were being developed from a camera so they actually they actually set up uh video cameras and um people were claiming to have chest pain so I don't now, if we touched upon this, but like one night, the um, the wife of uh, Kathy claimed to have chest pains, but then like I just saw someone just brushing that off, saying that it was, <laughs> and said that she saw like a hooded figure. That was probably the dream in the in the movie, and they just brushed it off and was like, "Yeah, it's sleep paralysis. Like, get over it. Everyone has it." <laughs> oh, yeah, it's kind of it's like sleep paralysis. Is a thing. I feel like I get it, but not. I don't see shit. I just like you know, I, I just can't move sometimes. But um, so. Yeah, just they'd caught nothing essentially um, until they did seemingly catch something. I don't know if you want to share what they did catch or whether you want me to go into it. You go for it. Go on. So there was a very clear image and it, it was super clear. I don't know if you want to maybe post this on the Instagram at some yeah, point. Yeah, I will be. Um, of, a, of a boy peeking out. Of, so, yeah, so there was, um, there was a very clear image of a boy peeking out from a bedroom that was taken on one of the stills um and the picture is super airy and apparently i i did do some because look i fucking love photo editing muscle and then, do you know what i mean i'm not very good at it but i did I, I did do some looking into it and apparently it was fairly legit like there is no one that really claims that the photo was shopped or edited or messed with nor was the camera and it was quite you know it was quite a while ago as well so um i was quite this is one of the only times I was kind of like, hmm. Oh, fuck that. That's fucking horrible. Yeah. Super terrifying, right? It, it was, uh, yeah, it's really bad. And um, so, yeah, but the, but here's what, here's one of the areas that I thought, hmm, this is bullshit. So Lutz apparently would show this photo to his family and claimed that this is the boy that his daughter used to play with. But then when I read that, I was like, wasn't the daughter playing with pig like yeah wasn't that supposed or was it like yeah it it was there was some like real blood it was like it was almost like it was almost like um confirmation bias validation sort of thing do you know what i mean just like oh oh yeah no that's it absolutely that's what that's yeah that's story bear that fits my shirt forget the pig what pig oh i found a story that has actually debunked the photograph Oh. Oh, really? So there was someone present at the time called Paul Bartz, and he was an investigator working with the Warrens that night. Um, if you look at his top of the that he's got on, it's on the second link I've just sent you. It looks like the same pattern as what the boy is wearing on his top, but you can't really make it out. But then he, he definitely looks like a little boy. Like his hair like, looks different to me. It's like a sort of flannel thing. Yeah. I'm not sure Definitely. I believe that link. Like his, Def- his face is Def- a different shape, and his hair to me that looks like blonde hair. I mean, is are we yeah. talking? Are we talking about Paul Bartz? Yeah, 
Because that he's got sideburns for a kickoff. Yeah, exactly. So and he looks yeah, nothing he like looks him. like a forty-year-old yeah, man. I I'm normally I'm normally one to try to kind of debunk things, but um, I would not say that they are the same person. No, they don't look the same at all, do they? No, I'm going was... to look for Paul Bart's from the front, but. <laughs> Hey, I mean, but, I don't want to do this anymore. But then again, like you know, you've got to think how, and you even with sadly, even with this one picture, you do kind of have to almost believe the investigators whose job it is to find these sorts of things, and it would again. And look, this is just my skeptical eyes coming out again, like you know. It would be quite beneficial for this company who look for this sort of thing to find this one random still amongst photos in probably the most famous haunted house that there's ever been. Again, I'm just being the skeptical hippo here, but you know, it's I don't know. I think you always just have to approach things with caution. Is it possible that one of those had a little boy and was just like, right, Bradley, peek round corner in three two what bam perfect you know what i mean then that's but i i like to think not but fuck it i mean that's a creepy ass picture that's for sure yeah, if 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 everyone is to be believed then i kind of do believe it because they had some journalists there as well mm. then you know i could have lived the rest of my life without seeing that picture <laughs> <and I'm> very <laughs> happy. when, when that. i saw the photo in my research i realized i'd seen it somewhere before and i don't know where i've seen it but obviously i must have looked into that you know at some point in the past so there was another investigation conducted by professor this is weird i've never heard of anyone called this professor doctor uh, hans halter i've never heard anybody with that type before he sounds like one of those uh african presidents called like good luck jonathan <laughs> <laughs> i bet he was a i bet he was a professor um but a dentist before that and he just really wants right, to get him just wanted to keep doctor. The doctor. <laughs> um so he visited the property with weber as she would, and Didio, who was the journalist from the original uh, investigation with the Warrens, they were joined by a trans medium called Ethel Johnson Myers, who was apparently a, a famous trans medium of the time. Um, and she went into a trance and she spoke with the voice of, I believe, a Native American. And according to the journalist Didio, <laughs> and this might debunk what you think about you know, a serious journalist being there, so there might have been some credibility. According to Dedeo or Dedeo, um, she said that Ethel Johnson Myers developed an Adam's apple while she yeah, while she was I in saw, trance. I, I saw, I didn't even write this down. I was like, I, <laughs> like, what do you even like, what do you even want? Like, look, I, you know, for anyone at home that's listening, I live in Thailand and there's plenty of women on the streets with Adam's apple. No. You know what I mean? It's, uh, <laughs> <laughs> is what it is. <laughs> so, uh, Jordan, have you got any other points before we start wrapping up? Sorry, can I just um, say that makes it that makes it the Amityville horror. Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> there we go. That was good. Um, no, that was that was about it. Yeah, just about the um, and and apparently the flies. Um, the flies could have been something to do, even though they weren't mentioned at all earlier. Apparently, there was like a dead rat in the rafters. Oh, 
So okay. There you go. Fantastic. Like, do you know what I mean? Are you, yeah. you going to say Ratfors now, Johnny? <laughs> no, because that would be oh, shit. Uh... <laughs> that, one, that one would be That's shit. That's where I draw the line. The house was blurred out on Google Earth. I thought that was very interesting. And there's a reason for that as well. It is. And they've replaced the top two windows with square windows, haven't they? Because people... To make it look less like a face. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's, did, did it really look like a face in real life? Because I, I heard that the, the, they lit it like that. Have a look it at looked the, like the eyes were glowing. Have a look at the original design of the house and those top windows that look like eyes like, or, the, or, the set, or, or actually yeah. on the house, on the original house design. Oh, they do as well. But they replaced it with square windows. I would say they do, yeah, yeah. Um, okay, so do you want to go into the reason why it's blurred on Google Earth? I don't know why. Um, it was just for legal reasons, essentially. Oh, right. Oh, sorry, I thought you had yeah, some big... No, nothing. No, 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 nothing. Literally nothing important. Like, just oh. too many people were, like, getting images and going to visit it and stuff. And, like, the whole classic Barbra Streisand effect. Oh, yeah, people were, like, robbing the grass and, like, taking trips yeah, off yeah. the house and stuff, like, weren't they? do you know when you really want to hide something and then so like it, it like got named because barbara streisand like paid a lot of money to like hide this website that like ha- like um put up information about a house oh. like no one would get no one would give a fuck unless uh, you and then the, on, the story came out that she paid all this money and everyone was like well, what's going on at your house love and then everyone <laughs> just made a point of like trying to find where she lived and shit like it's, it's, it became horrible. like a it became an actual. Actually, it became. It became an actual thing. Like that's what it's called. The Barbra Streisand effect. You know what's really? Yeah, I got a. Sorry, go on. I got a. It's just a quick quote. Like I got a quote before. You've probably all read this because it's that easy. From a guy who bought the house in 1977 called James Cromarty, and he uh, he said, him and his wife Barbara lived there for ten years and commented, nothing weird ever happened there except for people coming by because of the book and the movie. Yeah. Can yeah, I? So, Can I just um, say something that's come full circle? Um, Barbara Streisand, I don't know if anyone knows this, was married to James Brolin, and I still think is. Oh, my God. That's weird, that, isn't it? Oh, really? Absolutely spiffing factor. Funny how that happens. I was, I was oh, looking at him yesterday to see, see who the actor was, and then it was like, and then it's obviously just still lodged in my brain from them. That's amazing. <laughs> Picture of him still I lodged sh- on Sean's wall as well. Anyway. Yeah. Stuck there with semen. So, oh my God, <clears> anyway, um, as John just touched on, subsequent owners reported no, nothing, n- no, no weird events, nothing going on. In fact, despite all the destruction that you see with the door coming off its hinges, the windows blowing in, the people who bought the house straight after the Lutzers reported not needing to do any major repairs to the house. Mm. Um, it was absolutely fine. There were no problems there. Yeah. So whether you choose to believe the Lutter's story or not, when you, I mean, if you believe the Lutter's story, I don't, story, but probably. What do you think of it in terms of a film overall? Let's finish there, regardless of what the Lutter's have, have said. I, I, I really enjoyed the film. I think it's... Um, so what would your a, vote be? A good ride. Um it's i'd say it's i was i was leaning i think it's nightmare cinema i think it's good i think it's a classic i think it it owes a lot to things like the shining but it also gives a lot um in terms of the classic haunted house and the sort of the journey you take around the house and through the through the two hours which doesn't actually seem that long when you watch it 
um, just the, the increase of tension. I do think there's a problem with um, the ending, which but I think that's maybe due in part to the restrictions that were possibly put on it by the book, or maybe they, they said, you know, don't be putting, uh, you know, the devil or like the poltergeist, the, the big skull demon coming through the TV or the wall, you know, um, so just, just try and uh, dampen that down. So, yeah, the ending's not great, but I feel as a film, it, it works and I enjoyed it. And mm. I think it's nightmare cinema. Fabulous. Jordan, we go to you next. What do you think? Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I did enjoy it. I must admit, I watched, um, very recently, actually, I watched, um, after hearing one of your guys' podcasts on it, because you talked it up so much, I watched Witches. Oh, yeah. oh the, wait, which the one? Witch. The Witch or which? The witch, oh, yeah. Uh, the, the one with the two Vs. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Witch. Genuinely horrible. Like, I did not, I thought it was shocking. I thought really? it was terrible. Yeah, or, I did not. I just, I was sat there, I was like, oh, it must be kicking in in a minute. Like, it must be kicking in in a minute. And then before I knew it, it was over. I was like, oh, what? It's <laughs> a uh, fucking masterpiece. It's more about the I was, I was, that film, I think. Yeah, I was. But anyway, anyway. Uh, so when I started watching this, I was, especially when I, yeah, like I say, when I saw it, it was two hours. Oh, oh, shit. But yeah, it genuinely did fly by. And I think that any good horror film kind of needs to either be partially self-deprecating or have moments of comedy to kind of almost counterbalance your emotions and I think this had my favorite type of comedy which is being funny without meaning to be like I said the the kid falling down the stairs and just the dad not giving a flying fuck um the, the fact that she's just doing but like ballerina moves in with her tits out for no reason um the toilet like the toilet flushes at one point with just utter sludge and all he does is just call the wife off Kathy like in the shit's everywhere just do it again <laughs> yeah and like and then and, he, and the, that lad getting just fuming at losing $1,500 just like within a second like I there was moments in it where I genuinely did laugh out loud which doesn't really happen in most comedies this, it's not a uh, good thing <laughs> so uh <laughs> so yeah but i that's what i don't know that's what i like in films so to me yeah it was definitely um definitely nightmare cinema and i really do have a thing against like older films like i just kind of can't be bothered with them anymore but I, to sit like for me to be interested and to actually watch a two-hour film from you know i don't can't remember what year this came out but that's that says a lot so yeah no i was i was impressed nightmare cinema thank you john what about yourself right oh, Christ. <laughs> What was that? Nothing. Love you. It's as a film. It's it's a borderline mess. It really is. It's got <laughs> so many bits in it that are just so stupid. You, you, you think to yourself, "What the fuck are these being doing here?" However, it has got moments of actual brilliance in it. There's a bit where we're looking through the fire at George, and that's my lasting memory of this film. It's like we're looking at him in hell and it's so well done. It's like the one bit of the film that they like took more than 10 minutes on doing and it's not it's not brushed over. It's like that. And there's a couple of bits like that all the way through, but that's my lasting memory of it. And it dances perilously close to being a load of shit, but I don't care because everything that it's that it, it's about and everything that comes with it is just a piece of history it's part of 
the film is as much part of the history of what happened there as anything else, which has given us all of this, as Jordan said before, it's almost 50 years on and we're still talking about it. And the evidence is massive. It's piling up. It's made me a non-believer. I'm still going to love the film because it is that integral to like film history. It's probably as important a piece of nightmare cinema as the, any in the anything that's ever been made. However, it's not a very good film, so I'll we'll just leave it up there. And that shitty pig can fuck off. Fuck off. Um, so yeah, for me, I, I echo pretty much what John has said. It's um, it's nightmare cinema for me. It has to be, um, mostly because of the nostalgia. To be honest with you. Um, what do we think of really quickly? I'm so sorry. Of of the Lutz's story, do we think it's fact or fiction? I think the talking now, bollocks. I think we two know. Hours ago, two fiction. hours ago, it was fact. Now it's fiction. Right. Okay. Yeah, I, de- I definitely agree. Frenner. I definitely agree. It's, they've just sort of built that mythology as they've gone along, haven't they? The, th- the thing is, something that they might have experienced has probably been lost in all of this shit and media yeah. and stuff. And it, you know, it, it maybe at the very beginning it might have been sort of interesting, like um, some natural phenomena, or you know, like you hear a lot about infrasound and stuff like that, and how it affects people. It might be a shared hallucination. And now it's been amped up. And then there was the book. And like you said, when they sat down with that uh, Weber guy, amped up again. So it's like any truth that might have been there has been like just just lost at the bottom of the, the this mire, this, this mm. sea of, of, of pop Shite. culture and everything. Shite, yeah, is a better word for it. Before, right, when I was there, I just a very, very quick one. And I was having a quick research on it. Do you know what kept coming up, comparing it, like the British version of this? Do you remember the White Church, White Church Farm? Is that right? Yes, it was yeah. that um, ITV was, drama that yeah. did a, did a like, thing on it's it. It's like some, something similar happened there. I was thinking but, of that before. But it was never ghosted it, or it was never even remotely a haunted house or anything like that. It was just a guy killed his family. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it yeah. was like... It was like the difference between the hysteria in America who will latch onto this and run with it as far as they can go. Because at the end of the day, someone who's got a ghost in their house can get an agent in America. And there's always going to be money to mm-hmm. made off skeptics going in and trying to prove them wrong and believers going in and trying to rob the grass. Over here, it's very, very different. We latched on to the, the mania of the mania over there. And we, we became part of it like that. And this film helped. And then you go into it yourself like that, but it just it just goes to show. And I'm going to insult quite a lot, an entire country of people here, just how mental Americans really are. Well, when they were talking about the people that went over <clears throat> to rob the grass and take bits of the house, they were actually mostly European and English. So sorry. Taking back our own soil, won't we? That's why it was. Yeah, we want it. We want it all back. <laughs> it's just so, yeah. what they did to like outside OJ's house, isn't it? Where they just take take a picture, or not outside OJ's house, uh, Anna Nicole's house. Where they Louis do Louis built a whole career on going interviewing mad Americans, and I, I plan on doing the same. So that's fantastic. That's true. <laughs> so as we said at the start of the podcast this is our true nightmare season and we are going to be looking at some very interesting films going forward john what are your offerings really quickly i forgot oh, wow. Brilliant. fucking fantastic <laughs> fan fucking fantastic <laughs>
Yeah, I remember them perfectly. Uh, Requiem and um, shit, The Conjuring. <laughs> Jesus tonight. Okay, thank you. Johnny, have I you decided? I think they're brilliant. I have decided I um, I want to do the uh, Mothman prophecies. Mm-hmm. Um, am I making that up, this up or did it have Richard Gere in it? Yeah, Richard, Richard Gere, Gere in it. Not the gerbil prophecies. Not the, the gerbil was not there. No. Okay. <laughs> uh, fire in the sky. Because that was weird because you said it the other week and then I had said it. That was the film that I couldn't remember the name of. Um, and that film scares me a bit because of the, yeah, the shit out of me, mate. thumb-looking aliens. Um, so what? Uh, sorry, I don't know what films you're doing. I feel like neither do I. I don't know what's happening. Fire in the sky. You do fire in the sky and fire in the sky and Mothman prophecies. Mothman, oh, Mothman prophecies. Sorry, yeah. Okay, I'm there. I'm on At least one of us is paying attention. Okay. Um, and then shut up. And then we are going to be doing the entity as well, which is one of my oh. favorite films. I've never seen um, it. Oh my god, you will love it, John. Johnny, you will love it. Okay, so all that is left for us to do is to say thank you very much for Jordan to, for coming on and trying to get through an episode with us three absolute idiots. Um, so thank you very, very much for bringing all of your research and knowledge with you. Loved it. Was, thank you very much for having me. If you've me. not listened to Conspiracy Comrades, it is available wherever you listen to your podcast. It is an excellent podcast. So please do listen. Um, all that is left for us to do then is to say bye. Bye-bye. 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 Bye-bye.